Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hi, this is Carol Topp from homeschoolcpa.com, and this is a series of podcasts I've been running that are taken from a workshop I did at the Great Homeschool Convention in Cincinnati, Ohio in uh, April 2018. And this, the final episode, uh, I am talking about avoiding burnout. And one of those things in particular that I talk about are having good policies. What kind of policies your your homeschool co-op might have, how they can help you avoid burnout. There's also some questions at the end from the homeschool leaders that I hope you might find helpful, particularly about uh, the IRS annual reporting, the the Form 990N. As always, I hope these podcasts are helpful to you as you run your homeschool co-op or any kind of homeschool organization. You can find more information at my website, homeschoolcpa.com. Let's talk about avoiding burnout, and then we can cover any other questions you have. Please get help. You are forming a community here. Please don't do it on your own. Please get help. Um, I know it's not very easy to find that help. I've, I've uh, on my podcast, I just did a, a, a little podcast about, you know, how to recruit volunteers, reward them, thank them, make it worth their while. You know, nurture nurture their leadership abilities and things like that. You know, this is what my mother used to say, still does. If you want anything done right, you have to. Oh, yeah, your mother said that to you too, right? Mm, that kind of thinking can kind of get us in trouble when it comes to running a homeschool co-op. So try not to repeat Moses' mistake. Have policies. Now, some leaders, it's funny, some leaders believe we have tons of policies. Some leaders believe we make up policies when we need it. But in general, you should have a few and then make up more when they're needed. But general, like, um, you know, pay your dues on time or you're kicked out. Um, Show up for your volunteer responsibility or consequences. You know, a policy is about don't bring sick kids because you're going to make the rest of us sick. Things, things like that. And, and you just Google homeschool co-op policies and you'll be busy for hours reading them. But have a few just to get going. Um, There might be things about dress code or use of electronic devices in the classroom, these kinds of policies. We got to the point in the homeschool co-op I belong to where we had the parent sign one set of policies and the teenagers, junior and senior high kids, had to sign, you're all nodding your heads, yeah, so that we know that they sign the policies as well. That one brochure I sent around called Love My Groups, it was designed by two folks who ran a homeschool group. So one thing they did, which I thought was pretty cool, was these kind of policies. You want the parents to sign them. You can send it electronically to the parent, and they will electronically sign it. Because you know what, how difficult it is to get papers back, and then they can't register for co-op classes until those policies are signed electronically. It's pretty smart. I thought that was pretty slick. The point of policies is you're trying to avoid making decisions in a crisis, and especially because you want these people to stay your friends, don't you? So you can say, the policy says 
If your child has a fever, you need to go home with them. Or the policy says you can leave your junior high and high school student here, but, you know, on campus without a parent. You can have a policy like that. So she stays home with the young sick ones but can drop off the older kids. Okay, whatever works. But the policy in place means you can maintain the relationship. Your co-op is wonderful. What you people are doing is amazing. You're, you're homeschooling your own kids, and you're also providing a program to help other parents. So please keep doing the wonderful things that you're doing, but please don't ever believe that your co-op needs to be all things to all people. Your co-ops are wonderful, but your co-ops are not essential to the success of homeschooling. People homeschooled before your group, they will homeschool after your group, or if it has to go on recess or dissolve. So don't ever think someone can't homeschool without my group. If you start thinking that way, you're going to burn yourself out. I said that before, right? Who's responsible for homeschooling those students? Not you. You come alongside the parent, they're responsible. Don't take that on. I'm hearing more and more about groups that, I I told you, the four days a week, or they're debating whether they want to become full-fledged schools for various reasons, and I'm just like, I don't know. It's not sitting right with me. I think because, again, they're taking over responsibilities that need to be back on the parent's shoulders. So don't take on too much of that, ladies and gentlemen, and you might know when it is. There's lots more to learn about. We haven't even touched on the tax-exempt status you could have for your group. I highly recommend it. Do you realize without this tax-exempt status, and there's two kinds I mentioned up there, 501c3s, those are with an educational purpose. 501c7s are called social clubs. That would be our support groups. Um, Without that status from the IRS, your group should be filing and paying taxes. Hear that? Without this status from the IRS, your group should be filing and paying taxes. So we can talk about how to get that if you want. Conflict resolution, that's probably a big part of what you do. We talked about insurance. We didn't even touch on paying workers. That's a whole other discussion. I wrote a whole book called Paying Workers in a Homeschool Group. Even, Even rewarding your volunteers. Make sure you're not rewarding your volunteers too much. In the eyes of the IRS, it could look like taxable compensation. Like, do some of you give discounts, tuition discounts to teachers or things like that? There's one group that was giving such large discounts to their leadership, to their board. It was amounting to about $4,000 per leader per year. Yeah, well, because it was a, it was a drop-off high school program, you know, that they met two days a week and they were charging tuition. But I was like, you can't just discount someone $4,000 and think that that's not really taxable income in the eyes of the IRS because it is. So most groups are not at that level. Most groups are giving, my co-op gave like $50 discount to teachers for a whole year. That's what the IRS would call insignificant and not taxable. But some of these things are starting to creep up. It's not just one group that's getting pretty significant in the discounts that they're giving their leaders or teachers. And by the way, you can't vote yourself discounts or benefits. It's called self-dealing. Can't do that. So, and then registering in your state. Okay. This is my website. This is my podcast and my books. I already told you I do lots of consultations. Um, so, you know, start out by reading stuff 
And then if you want to have a phone call with me, we can make it a conference call so your your board members can all get on at the same time. I can even record it so they can listen, those who aren't available later. And then we can discuss your specific. Okay, yes. 990N. Yeah. Okay. In 2007, some legislation, 2007, 11 years ago now, well, at least 10, some legislation was passed. The IRS got Congress to pass this legislation that says everybody who has tax-exempt status has to report in every year to tell us you still exist. So you have to maintain your tax-exempt status, even if you were granted it automatically, and if you were that $5,000 level that Kendra was talking about, you could be automatically tax-exempt. You're still supposed to maintain it by filing what's called a 990. The IRS created something called an electronic postcard called the 990N. You're supposed to file it every year, take you five minutes, online, very simple, say basically I'm still alive. Here's my name, employee identification number. Uh, if you fail to file it for three years in a row, the IRS automatically revokes your tax-exempt status. Therefore, you're no longer tax-exempt. If you're not tax-exempt, what are you supposed to be doing? Paying taxes. So at least the IRS is a little understanding. <laughs> and they say, well, this actually took like eight years. Eight years later, they finally created a system whereby you could get your tax-exempt status back relatively easily. You file a form. The IRS loves forms. You file a form. At least it's online called a 1023EZ. It's the application to get tax-exempt status. You file it, say, sorry, 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 I missed it, check a box. Sorry, sorry, I was revoked automatically. And we have to talk about when you might have been revoked and look you up in the IRS database and all this kind of stuff. And they will reinstate it. Oh, thank you, IRS. They'll reinstate it back to the date that you lost it. So there will be no period where you have to pay taxes if you meet all the criteria. Now, chances are most of you guys meet all the criteria. The bigger, the bigger nonprofits, they are less forgiving, and they will make you file back information returns and give a reason why you were late and all this kind of stuff. But for most of you guys, it's just going through the IRS process. The IRS charges $275 for that form, that 1023EZ, $275, one time. I charge $250 to help walk through the process of getting it back. Okay? Does that answer your question? There's a little more to it, but that's it in a nutshell. All right, we are at time, but thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I really appreciate you all coming. I know there's a lot of other workshops you could have been at. I hope this was helpful. I'm, I'm here to try to help you be successful and keep the IRS off of your back. So thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.